The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today, we're lucky enough to have with us Dave Armit, the co-founder of Motorcycle Holdings. The company is listed on the ASX with a market cap of close to $176 million. The ASX code is MTO. Dave, welcome. It's good to have you back with us again. Thank you very much. Good afternoon to you, too. Now, when we last spoke, Dave, you told us, you took us through the journey of Motorcycle Holdings, which is a really interesting, really interesting company, really, really interesting journey that you've been to over the last 32 years. Can you do a brief reminder for us, for those for those listeners who are joining us today who didn't hear our first conversation? Yeah, a quick rundown. Well, we started um, 33 years ago with, with one dealership in Brisbane uh, and that quickly grew to a second and a third. And basically, we've been acquiring dealerships ever since. So um, we're up to 40 now, 40 dealerships uh, down the east coast of Australia. And we've got a wholesale distribution business, which is based in Sydney. And we distribute accessories across the nation. Uh, and we've got done a joint venture with a fine finance company where we provide our own retail finance to our consumers. Uh, and that keeps us pretty busy, but we're always looking to grow. And that's almost a dealership a year when you look at, as you said, 33 years, not 32 years. Of course, you were 32 years old when I spoke to you last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's quite aggressive. Keeps us busy, that's for sure. Yes, yes. You are certainly one of the busier people that I know, uh, Dave. Now, you're, you're doing, your numbers were booming last time we spoke. You were doing really well, but you've had to deal with the long-term impact of COVID, um, which obviously for many, for many of us when it first started, it was, it was sort of, we all thought it was going to be a short issue that would be over in a, in a, in a couple of weeks, if not a couple of months' time. And, you know, nobody could have told at the start that we were still going to be dealing with these things sort of two years down the track. How are things going for you now? I think by and large, you know, COVID has been a positive thing for our industry. People have gone out and wanted to buy motorcycles. There's no doubt about that. But having said that, you know, lockdowns are, are a real chore. They're a pain. And if we look at the last half, we had Sydney and Melbourne in lockdown for the best part of three months. So that obviously had some impact on, on our retail business. Having said that, once we reopened in, say, October of last year, uh, things went really strongly. We bounced back very strongly. So we ended up with a pretty good half uh, for the first half of the year. Well, that's that, that's very, very positive. It's nice to see that uh, uh, things are bouncing back. Now, over this time, though, Dave, you've also had to deal with the impact of the floods. Um, and I know that you had a couple of dealerships that were, in fact, underwater. Well, we did. We had five. Five actually had water come into the buildings and two of them really quite severe. But, you know, we've recovered from there. We, we saved a lot of the stock. We got, managed to get the bikes out before they before the water came in. Um, and then we had the cleanup and we, we're back in trading, you know, with a matter of a few days. So there was certainly some impact and, and rain generally isn't good for motorcycle business. Um, so it did slow down, you know, right across Queensland and New South Wales you know, during the kind of end of February, beginning of March. But uh, really, we're flat out now. It's it, it's full steam ahead at the moment. What, what sort of supply disruptions did you see as a result of those those floods? Uh, not so much supply from the floods, but just general supply issues we've had, you know, during COVID for the last two years. Having said that, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Tight supply means we, we tend to hang on to our margins a little better. Um, so we're, we're grossing well. 
it's a saner world. Um, we could sell more if we got more. There's no doubt about that. But um, I'm not unhappy with the, with our current supply rates. But things are a bit more expensive to get here. You know, freight does cost more. Containers cost more. It's a bit slower than usual. But by and large, you know, it hasn't been a negative impact on the business, really. You said last time we spoke that your prices were rising and, you know, there could be, you know, partially this is to do with some of those supply issues that you just detailed, Dave. Um, what's that doing to your margins? Well, our margins are holding up really well. It's the old supply and demand thing. If, if supply is tight or demand is, is strong and, and supply is tight, well, then your margins tend to hold up really well. Uh, and we're seeing that our, our gross margins have are maintained a, a relatively high level uh, and they haven't dropped off yet. Um, we're, we're still maintaining good, solid margins. So uh, long may it continue. Absolutely. For a business like yours, a listed one at that. Um, now, Dave, there's some new legislation that's, um, you know, it's been talked about for some time, but it's uh, all about the off-road legislation affecting four-wheelers and those ATVs. Well, what's that meant to you and, and to your business overall? We're predominantly metropolitan dealers. So we deal in the large cities, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Gold Coast, places like that. So we tend not to sell a lot of that four-wheeler product. However, we do have a dealership in Cairns, which, do, which does sell quite a few of them, and it has been impacted. You know, it's taken the edge off that business. Uh, but by and large, that the downturn in that product that we're seeing now this year uh, isn't affecting our bottom line. So that was largely, um, for our listeners that, that don't follow specifically that, the, the new ATV rules that essentially meant that, um, you know, after January this year, you couldn't buy an ATV without the bars, and it's a, it's a safety issue. That's right. You had to have rollover protection. That's right, yeah. Australia is one of the very few countries in the world that uh, insists on that. Well, speaking of which, it seems like there have been some manufacturers and so forth that have, that have essentially abandoned Australia. They have the main ones, in fact. The Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki have all withdrawn from the market. They weren't prepared to uh, install the rollover protection. Uh, their, their expert opinions uh, were that they didn't make the vehicle safer. In fact, they thought they made them more dangerous, so they weren't prepared to modify their bikes for the Australian market. So um, in the end, they had to withdraw from the market, so they, they don't retail those products here anymore. What's your feeling on the new legislation? Oh, look, you know, I can't see how it's a bad thing personally, but, um, you know, the rest of the world hasn't seen the need for it. I don't know why Australia does. But um, very much the market in Australia now is going to what they call a side-by-side product where you, it's um, a four-seater or a two-seater like a car and you steer it with the steering wheel and they do have rollover protection. So, I mean, that's the product that we have to sell now. Fortunately, we're a dealer for Polaris and Polaris have the, the best range of those side-by-side vehicles. So we've got that in five different locations, I think five or six dealerships across Australia. So we've still got the opportunity to sell something to those uh, to the farmers in that ag market. Now you mixed up your inventory uh, a little bit, and um, you know your obviously your profit margins and, and your profits, your revenues from different parts of the business um, changed slightly in the wake of COVID. I was really interested to see how your secondhand business is, is going. Yeah, that's a really important uh, part of our business. Actually, we, we've always been very strong used bike dealers, and uh, that's the, probably the part of the business that's got the most growth at the moment. Um, the, the used bike market is relatively flat, but we've been able to maintain 14% growth in unit sales and, and 14% increase in gross during the last half. And that looks like it's increasing into this half. So we're doing very well out of used and it's, um, it's treating us well, but we do put a lot of work into it. You know, I've got 10 guys out there buying used bikes every day. That's all they do. Um, so we've got to keep the supply up, but, but that, 
uh, renewed focus or extra focus, I should say, on used bikes is really paying dividends for us. So, so let me ask you something um, from a layman um, here, Dave. We're, certainly in the car market, we know that the prices of secondhand cars are very similar, if not the same, uh, you know, bar $1,000 or two to what you can buy a, a brand new car at. Is it the same in your in your world? Yeah, we've certainly seen an increase. I think maybe not quite as much as cars, but I think it's fair to say that we saw our used bikes increase in value by 20% virtually overnight or in a very short period of time. And they've maintained those values. So, yeah, there's certainly um, a renewed interest in used and that their values have gone up. Um, but, you know, um, the market is relatively flat with used. We're, we're just getting the biggest, bigger percentage of it. Now, you also talked about um, early on your other parts of your business, including the retail accessories, parts and services business. It was quite strong last time we spoke. How is that holding up uh, at, this, at this point? Well, as I said earlier, the um, second half of the first, sorry, the second quarter of the first half, uh, we bounced back very strongly and it was extremely strong into the Christmas trading period. And then we went into January where the um, new variant virus, Omicron, had, had taken off and we had uh, a lot of staff off sick. We had a lot of customers that weren't well. Uh, and so things did get a lot quieter in uh, January. It, it felt very much like we were in lockdown again in January. But uh, that seemed to pass and then February we bounced back to normal. March, April, really strong. So it really depends on where we are with the virus as to how well we go with that, those retail sales. Mm, absolutely. What about the vehicle financing? Um, you know, are you finding that that's coming back as well? Very important part of our business, um, so much so that we run a separate finance company to provide that retail finance. It's tracking well, uh, but we still have uh, too many customers borrowing money from their banks. So I think that's an area that we need to improve. It's certainly an area that we've highlighted where we need to apply, you know, more resources because we believe there's a better result out there. So what is your strategy focused on now that it seems <laughs> uh, things are moving back to some semblance of normality? Um, you know, COVID obviously hasn't gone away, but, you know, borders are opening and so forth. So how does that change your strategy? We still have relatively restricted supply on new motorcycles coming from the rest of the world. So I see that continuing probably for the rest of this calendar year. Uh, but acquisitions are really where it's at for us. And I've just settled on a new wholesale business in December in New Zealand. So we're distributing our accessories over there now. And I just settled in February on another retail dealership in uh, Gympie in Queensland. So we've got two new businesses there to, to bed into the system. So that's our immediate focus uh, for, for this year. And of course, I'm out there actively um, looking for more businesses to buy. So our growth strategy is to acquire and to grow the business. Well, you've got a very strong footprint. As you talked about, you, you started off in Brisbane, um, but very strong footprint across Australia's East Coast markets. Um, building out your regional, regional presence, obviously you just talked about your acquisition in New Zealand and your additional acquisition in Gympie. Um, what is on your radar? If you're sort of in acquisition mode, what are you looking at and how far offshore are you looking? Well, we're looking within Australia mainly. Um you know, fundamentally, we're motorcycle dealers, so we're looking for additional dealerships to acquire, but also anything in the wholesale area, wholesale accessories or motorcycles, uh, anything as long as it's related to two wheels, really. Um, so we keep it a fairly broad spectrum, but Australia and New Zealand really is where we're focused. Do, do you see yourself branching out into four wheels at any point down the track, Dave? Look, that's a great question and something I've thought about a lot over the years. But I think it makes sense for us to stick to our knitting, do what we know well. Um, you know, I've got 33 years in this industry. We represent every brand. Um, and, you know, if you cut me, I bleed motorcycles. 
Uh, so I think it makes sense for me to focus on that area, leave the cars to the, the boys at Eagers and what have you, that, that's their business. Um, but uh, that, there it is, it is different. It's not exactly the same by any means. So no, I think I'll, I'll be happy to be a big fish in a small pond. What's the, what does the future of motorcycle riders look like? You know, when you look at cars, there's all sorts of different things happening in the car space and, you know, self-driving vehicles and, you know, or ride sharing and all that sort of thing. It's a bit behind cars as far as going electric uh, goes, but, the, you know, electric bikes are starting to come through now. We're starting to see them come to the marketplace. I think it's just a matter of them being commercial and they'll be available all of the manufacturers that I deal with are, are working on it. The research and development is, is going into creating the right electric motorcycle going forward. Um, so we will see more of it. We're certainly starting to see it now. Uh, but, you know, there's plenty of interest in personal transport like motorcycles. Um, the interest has been really strong the last couple of years. Uh, we can't see that trend dropping off at this stage. Good. Excellent. All right. Now, you've recently increased your dividend, Dave, so you've made some shareholders pretty happy. Yeah, of course. Uh, they, they always like dividends, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, 12 cents for the half. And, um, you know, that's where, you know, we've got a policy of paying out 50 to 70% of our earnings, uh, and that's comfortably within that range. So I imagine it'll be something similar for the second half. Um, yeah, so, we, you know, we've paid off a lot of our debt, so we're in a pretty comfortable position generating good income to, to fund acquisitions as they as we as they come along. So, um, yeah, we, we'll uh, go back to our policy of paying out regular dividends. Yes, because you have been focused for some time on cutting costs, have you not, and uh, reducing those debt, debt levels? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I think uh, if you go back two years ago, we had $50-odd million worth of corporate debt. Um, we, we've paid that off over the last couple of years and we're fairly, and we've built our stock levels back up to where they used to be in the last six to 12 months. It's taken us some time to get back to what we call the appropriate stock level. So we've done that now as well. So our stock levels are fine. Uh, we've got product there to sell. We've reduced the debt, um, you know, so we're comfortable and, and re ready to invest in more businesses. So what is the next big thing that we can expect from Motorcycle Holdings if we look across the rest of this year and into 2023? Well, look, if I had my way, I'd be announcing acquisitions of, of um, businesses that I'm reviewing at the moment. But I, I don't have anything to, to say at this stage, but uh, certainly we're active in that space. I'm out there talking to, to business owners. Uh, I'm looking at uh, as many as I can. There's a couple there that I'm talking to, but I'm, I'm a long way from having ink on paper. So, um, but the next announcement I imagine will be, well, hopefully it will be an acquisition or two. Um, Dave, just before we let you go, um, you were talking when well, you were expanding into things like jet skis and power tools and, you know, different areas of the market. How has that strategy panned out for you? Yeah, we're still doing that. Um, not so much jet skis, although we do have three jet ski dealerships. Um, ride on mowers is an area that uh, has been brought to my attention that is quite profitable uh, and they seem to go well in motorcycle dealerships. So the dealership that we just bought in Gympie, for example, uh, produces a tremendous amount of its profit from ride-on mowers. Um, so, But we, we installed them last year into one of our dealerships. We've got ride-on mowers going into another two as I speak here in Brisbane. So um, slowly but surely we're, we're adding that product where we see fit. I don't think it's a game changer. I, I think it's just a bit of diversification and additional income. It's not going to change our business model particularly. Um, it's not going to change the way we do business. But, um, you know, it can be very good business and adding on chainsaws and ride-on mowers, that type of product uh, to our existing business. Absolutely. Um, Dave, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Once again on Stock Insiders. Okay. Thanks very much, Aurel. Bye now. And that's all we have time for today. Thanks so much for uh, to our listeners today for joining us for this edition of Stock Insiders with me, Aurel Morrison. We'll catch you next time.
This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.